And with coming into the new year, we thought, uh, what better to talk about than uh, seasons? Good morning, everyone. Um, let's, <laughs> let's pray. God, we thank you that you are so good and that you are so present all the time, God. And we thank you that we can be here um, right after New Year's all together, God. And we just pray for everyone who's not here that they would just so feel your presence today as well, God. And we thank you for the opportunity to have potluck and be able to spend time together. In Jesus' name, amen. So change is something that Michael and I have experienced a lot of in this past year. Um, we just met one year ago, last uh, January, and uh, we've had a lot of change since then. So we started dating um, then, and then we moved here in August, and uh, shortly after that we got married, and now we're expecting a baby next summer. <laughs> This past year has been a ton of change, but Michael and I are um, experienced in lots of change for the past few years. I calculated it quickly this morning. I think I've moved 15 times in the past six years um, and moved across the country and back again in lots of different cities, lots of different schools, lots of different jobs, things like that. And so we're people that uh, like change. We did all these personality tests and things like that before we got married. And we were very high on the change scale. But whether you like change or not, you've probably experienced a lot of change in your life. Some different things of change, um, buying a house, uh, death of someone you know, sickness of yourself or others, job loss or gain, moving cities, marriage and divorce, having children, school, and having new beliefs and faith. And there's a million other types of change. So there's good change and there's bad change, but we all experience a lot of it. So what we're going to talk about today is how to stay grounded in the midst of change, because no matter if it's change that you've been wanting and looking forward to or change that you really didn't expect and really didn't want, it's all a little bit unnerving usually. And psychology has shown us that any sort of change leads to stress, whether it's conscious or unconscious. And so we thought, what better to talk about in the first week of New Year's than that? So when you experience change, there's lots of different effects that people have depending on what kind of change it is. But some sort of feelings that might come out of change, um, obviously stress is probably one of the biggest ones. Um, grief, if it was something that you've lost. Um, anxiety, uncertainty. Comparison to others who have what you want or don't have. Um, numbness is a common one. When you go through a lot of change, um, good or bad, you can kind of just become numb to it. Um, condemnation, discouragement, fear is a big one. Um, and obviously there's also good emotions that can come from change that says excitement and joy. So when you go through these feelings, um, I believe, um, and lots of research has proven, proven that it's important to feel it because lots of change and lots of feelings can be very overwhelming. And my number one reaction in the past was to always just ignore it. Um, I didn't really like feeling all the negative things um, throughout my life. For example, when I lost my dad, I was like, I do not want to feel grief. That just doesn't need to be part of my life. I'm going to stay busy. Um, but obviously, that doesn't work. Eventually, all the feelings resurface. So the number one thing that I would say is that first you got to do is feel it. Now, feeling discouraged or feeling angry or feeling grief or feeling any of the negative emotions 
um, isn't bad, it's good. But what can be bad is staying in those emotions. If you're continually discouraged or anxious or upset and you stay in that, that's where it can start becoming a problem in your life. Um, other things that are great in change, um, vulnerability, being able to talk to other people um, and with that community. Um, and then with God, like you need to know where your hope is coming from. In the midst of good and bad, what are you looking towards? Is there a hope that you can grab onto and stay with? And who are you trusting in? And what are you trusting in? And rest is important. Um, and one of the main things we're going to talk about today is your identity. Where is your identity coming from when everything around you is changing, good or bad? And uh, the last one is one of my favorite things, soulfulness, is uh, part of identity. Getting to know you. What makes your soul feel alive? It took me a few years, and I uh, had a big part of this in my ministry school that I attended, is finding out what did I actually love to do. And in the good and the bad, and when things change, what, is, what brings me joy? What makes my soul feel alive? So I made a soulful list, um, and I love it still today. So a couple of Bible verses. Um, Jesus and God are the one thing that don't, doesn't change. In Hebrews 13:8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that's something we know that we can hold on to. When everything around us is changing, God is still constant. He's still ever-present. And in Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not man that he should lie, or son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? So this is one of the things that I think is super relevant to change, but is also relevant to everything in your life, whether it's mental illness or whether it's something bad or good, it comes down to usually these two things. Is God who he says that he is? And if so, am I who God says that I am? Now, if you don't know, that's okay. That's actually an exciting time in your life. You have the opportunity to find out. And this was the question posed to me at the beginning of my ministry school a few years ago when they asked, do you know that God is good? And it was right after I'd moved across the country, my dad had died, and my answer was no, I don't. And the speaker said, well, you are about to enter the most exciting season of your life if you want to see that God is good. Just ask him. And so I did. I said, God, show me that you're good. And he shows up. He is faithful to do that. And he did. He showed me all sorts of places over and over and over his goodness. So if you want to know if God is who that he says that he is, just ask him. Um, and so that goes to, am I who God says that I am? God makes a lot of promises in the Bible about who he is and who you are, that he is faithful and that you are an overcomer. And those are things that we can hold on to. Those are things that don't change. Those are things that we can turn to when we don't know what's going on in our lives. So we sing songs all the time with lyrics about who God is, that he is the way maker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And so if we truly believe that, we have to look at how does that relate to our lives? And we're feeling anxious. Okay, well, is God going to keep his promises? Are we really overcomers? Because if so, then anxiety is actually a lie and fear is a lie. And we can look at those things and know that they're not true. And we can hold on to what is true. And the number one thing that I think is important of knowing is God truly our father. If you know that he is a father, and not just an earthly father, but 
our godly father, the father who is perfect, the father who is always wanting good things for his kids, who is always providing, who always has good gifts for us, then that, that's all you really need to know, that you're going to make it through anything because he's with you and he's providing for you. He is peace. Peace is a person. We can hold on to peace. When we're feeling fearful and anxious and we don't know what to turn to, he's peace. All we need to do is receive it. He's love all the time. And the cool thing about love is that you never truly know all of it. There's always more of his love that you can receive. There's just layers after layers after layers. If you don't know what to try to focus to learn this season, I encourage you just to focus on receiving, receiving his love. You'll continually get new revelations. He's never going to say, no, I don't want you to learn more about my love because there's always so many more layers. Um, He sustains us. He's ever-present, and he is almighty. He says, when you walk through the fire, I will be there. And like Psalms 23 says, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't need to fear because he's there. And there's a lot of things in life that are scary. When you're looking into the future and the unknown, it's really easy to be scared. I know the past few weeks I've been pretty scared finding out I was pregnant because I was like, do I need to keep this baby alive? And I can do everything that I can and still um, not have the greatest outcome. But the thing is, God is in control then. There's nothing really that I need to do except for trust him, and then I don't have any fear or anxiety. So who does God say that I am? He says that each one of you are an overcomer in any circumstance in your life, no matter what it is, no matter if it's an addiction, no matter if it's not having a job, no matter what it is, he says that you will overcome. And so if you believe that, you get to step into that. He says that you're a conqueror over everything, that you're a conqueror over death, that you're a conqueror over sickness, that you are a conqueror over everything in your life. He says that you are free, that you're not bonded to anything, that you don't have chains, that you just get to step into the freedom of everything that he has for you. He says that you are his beloved, that he adores you, that people... Um, may look at you in a way that you don't like, but he's always going to look at you and see you as perfect. He's not condemning you. Um, Self-hatred, I believe, is a big thing in this world, and he says that you are beloved, that you are not to hate yourself because he loves you. He adores you, and he made you that way. He made you so incredibly special, and that you are victorious and safe in him. He has so much for each one of you, and I know in the past few years, that's kind of been something that I've learned, that the world is pretty unsafe all in all. I mean, there's so many things that we've all seen in the past few years where things aren't safe. But at the end of the day, God is who is safe. I mean, bad things are always going to happen, but at the end of the day, he's going to be with you. And that's the one thing that I found that I can really hold on to. No matter the worst things in my life happen, you're still going to be okay if you got God. And you don't need to do anything except for just receive it. Mm -hmm. So now over to my fabulous husband. I gotta try and follow that, right? (laughs) So uh, there might be some reiteration of some of the things that Jenna was talking about. uh, But uh, I wanted to start with how God promises that he is always there. It's actually more than a promise. I was watching a cool message uh, by Reinhard Bonnke, and he says that this isn't actually a promise that's in Matthew. He said, and never forget that I am with you every day, even unto the completion of this age. It's not a promise. It's a statement of fact. 
And it's no condition. There's no condition on that. God is always with you. And thinking back through my life, it's, it's really amazing to me how he was with me even when I wasn't with him. Yeah. I can think of some really cool examples. When I was young, uh, I was climbing this big pine tree. And uh, it's like really close branches. And I'm pretty young. I'm just, I was just scampering up as I was a pretty good climber. And I just pulled myself up, and there's a bee's nest, like, right there. And the bees start to get angry, like, immediately, as soon as I pull my face up. So without thinking, I just push myself off <laughs> the tree. <laughs> and I slid down the branches the entire way and just landed on my feet. Now, that's, I was about 50 feet up in the air when <laughs> I just pushed off from that tree. And I didn't even think about what was there. But God, he caught me uh, in an amazing way. And uh, when I was older and I was getting into worse situations, uh, I got peer pressured into trying cocaine. And uh, I tried it, and I was like, what is this ridiculous drug? It does nothing. And looking back on that experience, I know that he was there. His hand was on that, not, le not letting me experience what that does for other people. And uh, it's just such an amazing promise that he's always there, even when our heart isn't there for him. So Reinhard Bonnke was saying, like, uh, sometimes we pray wrong because of, of this being a fact. Sometimes we're praying, like, God, be with me. Well, you're asking him to do something that he's already doing, so God's kind of like, stop asking for that, you know? <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> you don't need to ask for that. So it's like, what should we pray for then? And I say, exactly. That's what we need to pray, is questions. Because that's what gets God talking to you and you talking to God. And he is always good. If you, as imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children, which I'm going to find out about soon enough, I guess, uh, and give them what's best, how much more ready is your Heavenly Father to give you wonderful gifts to those who ask for them? God is uh, so good. Uh, it can actually be difficult to receive how good he is. <laughs> and uh, I think that's one of the things that he blessed me with by showing me just how much he loved me the first time he actually showed himself to me. Is It really opened me up in a way really, really wide to receive as much as I possibly could because I was just so amazed by what I felt. So he, he blesses those who open themselves up. So just try and find a way to just open yourself up as wide as you possibly can because God will show up in amazing ways. So I love my metaphors and Jenna loves to make fun of me for my metaphors, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to stick to my metaphors. Uh, Jesus actually gives us a very interesting metaphor uh, with the wine skins in uh, Mark 2.22. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. And both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. So why do we need seasons? Because there's always new things coming in. So we need new ways to be able to experience those things. Uh, otherwise, we're just going to be trying to experience new things in old ways, and you don't actually receive them. This is a big part of receiving. 
And so also with seasons, uh, it's just, just think of a tree going through the seasons. When you cut off and you do the ring thing and you count how old a tree is, you can actually see the effects of those seasons on each of those rings when you count them. So that's, that's kind of a big part of seasons in our life as well, is that we need to build upon the things that happened in the last season. Um, God could have very easily, when Adam and Eve, you know, messed it up the first time and they took that apple, he could have said, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to start over, you know, wipe the slate clean. Nobody's gonna, nobody has to know, right? God could do it. <laughs> but no, he chose to try and redeem, and he has constantly shown us that throughout the story of our history. So when you think of life as seasons, uh, where is God in this big metaphor? I was kind of trying to think of this because I love to, you know, put it in ways that make it pop alive in your mind in a new way. And I was like, well, is God the dirt? I mean, dirt's pretty constant. No, no, God's not the dirt. It gets wetter, it gets drier, it gets frozen, it gets hotter. Changes a lot, actually. Uh, the air? No, no, the air, same problem. It gets wetter, it gets drier, it gets colder, it gets hotter. And it suddenly popped into my head, gravity. Gravity is what God is in the seasons. And what better than gravity to be an example for God, something that keeps us grounded, something that makes all life possible, keeps everything together. So then I was thinking about, does God have seasons? And, uh, I think sometimes it appears to us like he has seasons because there's like the old covenant, the new covenant, things that he's doing, trying to redeem us. And it seems like God kind of has these changes that he goes through, but it's really not God changing in all this. God always wanted the same thing. He always wants us to be with him. He wants us to be his children. It's our perspective that keeps changing. And we go through these seasons and we're coming through different revelations constantly of how God is so good to us in so many different ways that it seems like God is changing, but he's not. It's the same way he always was. So then the other thing I love is pulling meaning from lyrics. And uh, there's this weird song by uh, Hillsong. It's just the way the guy sings in that voice. Like, no other song would you generally want to hear somebody singing like that, but I love that song. And uh, there's a line in there, you could have saved us in a second, but instead you sent a child. And I think that sums up kind of the whole point of seasons in a very cool way when you sit and think about that for a few minutes. And then there's uh, Yes I Will by Vertical Worship. I count on one thing, the same God who never fails won't fail me now. If there's one thing that you can count on, it is always God. It's just a beautiful way to just pull that into your heart. He won't fail me now. He's never failed. Why would he fail me now? And in the waiting, the same God who never's, who's never late is working all things out. And waiting is a, lo a lot of the seasons as well, uh, I think. It's probably where people use the seasons metaphor the most is when they're waiting for something. And they always call it winter. But uh, I don't know. You can wait in the fall too. <laughs> but God always does use everything to just work it all out. And uh, again, that's something that I've seen throughout my life is 
amazing ways that God has, has pulled things together. When we were going to be moving out here, it was very uncertain how that was going to work, and we actually made the decision uh, kind of based upon the, the, the Father Heart A School, actually. And it was like, okay, well, if we're going to go, we have to give notice, like, right now, like, that by that next day. It was like, okay, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. So it was like this big rush, and then it was like, everything happened so fast, it was like, it didn't even have time to think about or plan what we were going to be doing, and everything just fell into place. My, my boss at Canadian Tire, he was uh, very strict on how he was giving his bonuses, and we, we were having our bonuses because the store was being sold. It was going to be like, uh, you weren't getting your bonus uh, until this certain time, and I was going to be leaving a month before that time if I gave notice. And I was like, oh well, okay, we'll, we'll be able to make it work still. Well, two weeks later, after I'd given my notice and we were like getting ready to leave and everything, the secretary pulls me over and said, uh, you know what, he wants to give you your bonus anyway. And I've never heard of an owner of a store that is that tight on money doing something like that. So definitely felt God's hand in that one. And uh, and everything just worked out. Like uh, the day before we were actually getting to move, we, we found a place to actually move our stuff into instead of a storage bin. And, and all kinds of things just fell into place. And it was beautiful. Um, in a minute, we're going to watch um, this uh, video. And the first time that I saw this video was in ministry school. Um, and it's basically um, a compiling of all the verses that God has about basically who you are and how much he loves you and what he's just saying over you. Um, so it's about like five minutes long. So I just encourage you guys just to really see what in this um, compiling of verses he has for you. What is the promise that he has that you can really hold on to because in the changing of everything it's so easy to um, look forward to what the next thing is so sometimes I'm like oh I just want to have our baby I just want to not be working or get through the end of my work day whether it's small or big and I think especially for us and people who like change it's so easy to want to just be there already but I think there's something so precious in just being in the moment I know even yesterday I was like not particularly wanting to wake up at 6 a.m. to go to work but so I was just wanting the work day to be over. I was like, okay, 13 more hours till I can go home and go to bed. And then, <laughs> and then when I got to work, I realized that if I was constantly just like, okay, to 11 more hours, 10 more hours, then I would miss what he had for me that day and those moments with those people and the differences that I could make and the things I could receive from him in those 12 hours. And I think that's something that I've been working on is just staying so present in every moment and saying, okay, God, what do you have for me today? Because he has so much for us all the time. And I think if we're constantly looking towards the thing that we want, we can miss what he has for us right now. So let's just take these next five minutes to see what he has for each one of you for right now. you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. 
for they come from the very heart of God. He loves you, and He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me, you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. 
He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you.